to a world of thrills, a world of drama, of capes and tights, a world where death is a revolving door. Welcome to The Geek Matrix. Welcome everybody to The Geek Matrix DC Comics Review Show number 166. If I remember right. I'm getting my numbers confused. We're we're so high up now. Something like that. It's it's well, that this is a bit arrogant. Is this 42? We're getting so high up. We're going to need a rewatch. Yeah, like we need a rewatch. We we need to stay in tune with DC Comics. Like most yeah. series don't go past 150. And if we were Marvel, we would have relaunched like 120 people. episodes ago. Yeah, we we would be. This uh, is. Episode three, so legacy bad. number one sixty six. This would be like volume eight. <laughs> volume eight. Josh is just jamming to Mary yeah. J. Blige right now. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh I I I've also been jamming all freaking day to just WWE music. I, I say all day, like the past two weeks it's been nothing but theme songs. But I, I recently downloaded the uh the Raw and SmackDown current theme songs, and holy hell, those are bangers! Oh yeah, if you haven't checked them out, like they're they're pretty cool. <laughs> I, I checked it out when we built our our uh, our uh, playlist yeah. that day, but uh, um, I didn't realize that there were new playlists out there to be had. Oh, there's everybody's got their own playlist. I just I just add to the one I made. <laughs> yeah. Are you at a hundred yet? No, I I think I petered out around forty seven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the hell you have so many. <laughs> I'm old. You got to go to the way back. And I mean, I, I watch NXT. So got, I got some old stuff too. That's fair. I have not watched NXT. I've got some AEW stuff on. Like I've got Jericho's some current NXT. theme, MJF. Or MJF's theme is fantastic. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Where were we? The, the number size of our week is fantastic. I mean, yes. in like the old school definition, because it's like fucking monumental. Yeah. Monumental. To, to give it a crude analogy, if this week, if each issue was an inch. Oh, no. We would have always gonna go there. <laughs> we we would have oh, kicked Ron Jeremy out of the industry. <laughs> oh man, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know they found him. Um, uh, what do you call it? Mentally unclear to stand trial. What What did he even do again? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, million different rape accusations. And they I, I gotta say that that's ironic dementia. coming from a porn star. Well, yeah, but the time and all that. I mean, I don't yeah, know. yeah, no, definitely, definitely, I believe it happened. It's just why the his fuck dementia, would you need to? His his. You get paid to do that so bad that he can't stand trial for that shit. That's insane. That's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, you. Thrown the, to the wolves. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> uh, and now for something a little kid friendly. <laughs> um, 
what, what, shit news. I know I had news. Shit I forgot. News. I forgot. That's not good. <laughs> I forgot what news we had. Holy crud! I haven't gotten any news. Have you gotten any news? Son of a fridge. I I don't have any. Yeah, I don't have any comics news other than uh, my. My my, I almost said SDCC. My NYCC, my New York Comic Con ticket, is supposed to arrive Ooh. tomorrow. Very excited. Ooh. Saturday, I'm gonna be there all day again for the third time. Um, but I'm most excited, mostly because, I, I, and I haven't shut up about this, but it's probably like one and only time I'm gonna be able to get stuff signed by Jeff Johns. And I know there's gonna be a line like out the Javits Center and all the way to Times Square, but like, I don't care. I'll wait. It's fine. Get get there early. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what I've done. Typically I get there like right at the start. Mm-hmm. That's how I got like signatures from Josh Williamson. There was no one there. Yeah. <laughs> I just walked right up. He was like, it was actually kind of funny. I think he just got there and I was like the first person there. I was like, all right, <laughs> there we you, go. Uh, you know what I'm here for. Yeah. Pen out, man. I got one for you. Yeah, <laughs> um, I felt bad because it's like ten thirty in the morning. So I'm sure they were like, I don't "Wait, know, that's when it opens?" Yeah, no, it's it's a little late. Um, so because like they don't actually open the the actual center till like ten o'clock, but I don't think oh, yeah. alley opens till ten thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was like, I was right there. I was like, you already know. Yeah, <laughs> this is what I am here I for. Don't, I don't, I don't play around. <laughs> Give me the signature. Like I'll I'll be here at ten thirty on the dot if necessary. Yeah, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to go again. It's it's always a good time. Yeah. I am jealous. New York Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con are two of my bucket list items. Oh man, I I so hope you can come to at least one. Preferably yeah, New York. Yeah. <laughs> no bias, but it, well, works. it's a hell of a lot closer for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I would say so. Yeah. Like like a whole country closer. I only wish uh, like Toronto Comic Con was actually worth anything. <laughs> you think it would be? I feel like isn't Toronto kind of a? Actually, I don't know what I'm talking about. You think it's, it's, it's? Don't listen to me. I don't know if Toronto <laughs> city or not. I was just gonna guess. It, it's. I want to say, and I could be wrong here. I think it's the biggest city in the country. Okay. It's the capital of Ontario. It's a central hub for not only commerce, where there's a stock exchange here for crying out loud, but one of the biggest and most known airports in the world is here. Most known for bad reasons. But and still just most known. Yeah. I and when it comes to comic conventions, <coughs> Fan Expo is bigger than Toronto Comic Con. Mm. And almost nobody goes to Toronto Comic Con. I've never even been to Toronto Comic Con. They, they, they figure there's no reason because of Fan Expo. It's got to be that. Maybe. Be. But even Fan Expo wasn't even as good as it used to be. Like DC and Marvel yeah. don't show up anymore. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Surprising. I mean, I, I assume they come to, to Fan Expo, but... No, no, they don't go to Fan Expo. Oh, really? Whoa. They stopped oh, wow. going years ago, yeah. Oh, huh. like, that was two, two of my favorite things to do every year at Fan Expo was go to their panels. And then yeah, they stopped yeah. doing the panels. They don't have huh. a booth. And just they have creators go to Artist Alley and that's it. I wonder if they're trying to keep it, I don't know, landlocked in the States. Because I went, I mean, I can't speak for it now, but like when I was at Fan Expo Boston, 
2019, I think. Like they had DC and Marvel panels there, so that's I don't know. Crazy. That's that's really weird. Which honestly kind of blows my mind about DC because there's a Warner Brothers head office for Canada <laughs> in Toronto. Yeah, not to like, mention the down the street from the convention that. center. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a DC office in Toronto down the street from the convention center. I, just, I don't know what it is. We we have so much to. Right, we to, can send a bunch of interns. If yeah, we we have so much to to owe, <laughs> or so much that we owe to Canada, and yet it, it feels like they give them no love. I I feel that. <laughs> Why I had to go through back channels to get a freaking Sinestro Corps Batman figure, Todd McFarlane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were you were your neighbor to the north Farley. where you wouldn't give us a cup of sugar if we asked? Also, he's from. So isn't he from Calgary? Is he messed up? Is he really? Yeah, he's 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 like. Well, I know he's Canadian. I just don't. I didn't exactly even know that. Where. but yeah, no, he was like, he he went to some college. Son of a bitch! Know? He's yeah. in, he's from Calgary. I, I remember because he was like, oh yeah, I used to play baseball and you know like for the Maple Leafs or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I wouldn't have expected that. He went he to the this... Alberta University of the Arts. This son of a bitch. yeah. Because he has this whole story where he's like, I didn't think you know anyone from Canada could work in comics. That's an American thing. And then I saw John Byrne. I was like, oh, I can do it. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe he's done. Does he even live in Canada anymore? Probably not. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, that's tough. Nobody famous from Canada actually lives in Canada. <laughs> that's so sad. Stephen Amell moved out. Justin Bieber moved out. Ryan Reynolds moved out. Todd McFarlane moved out. Uh, even freaking from my own hometown. Um, oh my god, the the comedian, what's his name? Shiza. Uh, not a not Tom Green. No. Jim Carrey. No. No. Fuck Tom Green. <laughs> not Jim Carrey. Uh. Oh, shit. Hang on, comedian Russell Peters. Oh. Yeah. He doesn't even live here anymore. Wow. Oh, you guys still have Chip Sidarsky, so. Do we? I don't know where he lives. Do we? I, I have no clue. Somewhere in Same the great white north. I mean, he just did a cross-country tour. I imagine yeah. he lives here somewhere. But we but we lured him to, well, I don't think we lured him. I think DC lured him. Yeah. I have my own theories about that. but Or um, Marvel. Or Marvel. But, yeah, I think, well, I, I think that's part of it. I think um, it was, I think it was just. It was a little. It was a little too much this year for him to be like, ah, I got it. I can't. I can't make it. I'll just stay up here and, and drink my maple syrup. They're like, no. <laughs> you're, you're too. You're too important this year. You can't just not come. Yeah. Wasn't what's Chips Dursky just had another Marvel announcement recently? No. Yeah, it was like the Avengers. I don't know, like yeah, the... They haven't said anything. It's just with just yeah. give us a title. Um, but Great. yeah, they'll do that. Oh my god, I'll have to. I don't know if I ever told you guys about. I went to the. They have the Marvel Next Big Thing panel, and I've always heard about it, but I'd never actually been there. And I went for the first time last year, and it was like, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever. Not in a bad way. It's like, it was like it was like being at a football game. Like they, I don't know, because <laughs> they, um, they had Nick Lowe up there, and he's like full of energy, and it was uh. it just felt so. It felt so weird because all the other panels are like fairly low key. It's like, oh, ask a question and whatever. Listen to Frank Miller talk about 
working with Jeff Darrow or whatever. And then this one is like, you know, you're at a, yeah, you're at a boxing match. It was so yeah. weird. That, uh, that sounds like being in a DC panel with Dan DeVito. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I wish I could have seen one of those. Yeah. I, I, I witnessed two. What you said. And it was great. <laughs> well, cause like he was, he was such a, I wish I could have seen that in the DC days. Cause he was such a charismatic talker yeah at the, uh, um at the frank miller presents panel and i was like my god no wonder people loved going to the to the dc panels back in the day yeah now he he was honestly like full of life when it came to those he was very yeah. excited to be in front of the fans and just yeah. have those questions and mm-hmm. interact and even like all the creators all I've, I've seen like online videos of panels and like transcripts of creators just joking around with each other and the deal was right there with them yeah I think that might be my favorite part of the panels is seeing like them joke around with each other. Oh, it's great. No, they had the, I forget which DC panel it was, but Mark Silvestri was talking about when he was doing Batman, Joker, Deadly Duo. And it was just nice seeing because Jim Lee was moderating the panel. Obviously they're old friends. So it's a bunch of old image in jokes. It was just, it was fun. It's like (laughs) vicariously through two legends. Right. (laughs) I love any panel where Tom King and Tom Taylor can just oh my God. swap, swap well, tags. Tom Taylor is <laughs> apparently going to be like in New York this year because last year they just they like had a video. It's the the weirdest thing during the Superman panel where they just like live streamed some pre recorded video, but oh, yeah. they're uh, they're flying them out from the outback this year. So we'll see how that goes. Right on. I there was some. Something recent. I don't remember what panel it was. San Diego already happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that was a couple months back. It might have been that then where they had a DC panel there and Tom King was either running late or he couldn't make the panel. Oh so God. so Tom Taylor stepped in, his, <laughs> like took his seat <laughs> and just pretended to be Tom King for two minutes. It was great. Ooh, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I... well, this, this whole joke is all because, like, King impression. Because I, I can't, like, I know how he talks. I just, I'm having a hard time imagining well, someone what's that. What's more important is Tom Taylor's impression of Tom King with his oh, Aussie yeah. accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to do a Tom King impression. Yeah. I what, really need to hear it. I remember, I, I'm, I'm sure you probably remember this vaguely, but there was, like, that time back when I was on Twitter where they, like, switched their icon. Yeah. Um, and it was, that was <laughs> some classic teasing. And it all happened because it was either a publisher or Amazon or something. God, it was, it, got the names Amazon. wrong. Yeah, yeah. It like listed Tom King as Tom Taylor or something. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> Why not? They both written Batman, technically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So speaking of news. <laughs> Josh, you you and I actually do have something coincidentally very similar things, and uh, they're both about Netflix animated series based off of classic video games. Mm-hmm. Is Josh still there? Are you is he muted? Oh, I'm he muted. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll start off right quick because uh, today. And I've, I've been mildly following it. I've just been waiting for it to happen, but it just kind of appeared out of nowhere. Castlevania Nocturne, the sequel series to the first Castlevania anime, uh, dropped today. 
Yes. And it looks freaking good. Yes, it does. Loose adaptation of Rondo of Blood with Richter Belmont. Oh, God. Looks so freaking good. And I haven't looked at the article yet, Josh, but you mentioned something about Cody Rhodes. Yeah, he's going to be appearing in a uh, in the anime based on the video game. Um, uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. He's going to oh, be... Uh, okay. in, uh, I had the wrong video game in mind. <laughs> he's going to be Captain Laserhawk. Or at least he's he's appearing in Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. Okay, I, I just um, saw the name Captain Laserhawk, mm-hmm. and I saw the word dragon, and for some reason I thought it was Double Dragon. <laughs> no, that would have been sweet, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's uh, Eddie Shankar, who, uh, excuse me, who uh, has some Castlevania credits to their name, so right I'm hoping on. that it'll be good. <laughs> I think he was, I could be wrong, I think he was showrunner for the first series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, so it's going to be good. In the trailer, um, you re, you're introduced to the world of Captain Laserhawk in what is described as a VHS full of lasers, video games, and a frog assassin. It's time to join the revolution with Dolph Laserhawk and free the citizens of Eden. Far Cry 3 really was a wild one, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. Yes, it was. Oh, man. Yes, it was. Um, I think that's all I had. That sounds about right. I don't think there, there was... There wasn't any comic news, I don't think. I can't think of anything. Apart from uh, Brandon picking up some awesome Hawkman books. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was... I don't know. That's that's minor news, I guess. Um, <laughs> the 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 LCS that I go to um, has like this very small, short box of of dollar issues, and every every so often I'll like flip through and just see if there's anything of interest. And like there were like five issues of a Hawkman series I'd never even heard of, and I was like, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> no one else will. Um, that's pretty good. Right. Like I, it was it was nice. I just. I went back up, found a, a nice table on campus, and just sat down and read it. And it was like kind of this cool invasion story um, with Hawkman and Hawkwoman. I know very little about their period in the '80s, like after Crisis. Um, I know there's like Hawkworld, but everything beyond that, I, I don't even know. And then the Jeff Johns one, um, I just kind of had stumbled onto. I guess someone else didn't want that, um, but I'll be excited to actually sit down and read that at some point in the future art looks really cool it's um josh you remember rags morales right oh god you yes read the uh day of judgment tie-ins um yeah he yep. does the and art been in a lot <laughs> yeah. of other stuff he too. yeah and identity crisis and action comics and all that stuff um but yeah he did like the first 12 issues and he does a really great job of like capturing the kind of classic look of hawkman like I haven't got like all the context for the story, but if you just kind of flip through the art, it's really cool. Right on. Um, he he but, makes good yeah. stuff. There's I'm a, there's I'm like a, a fun Morales fan for sure. Oh yeah, but there's there's like a fun like writer's note from Tony Isabella who did the '80s miniseries, who I think like finally vocalized the reason why I've always liked Hawkman, but I was afraid to say it because he said something to the effect of basically it's just like. 
Hawkman just looks cool. Yeah. You don't really need more answers than that. Like, have there been a lot of great stories? Eh, it depends on who you ask. But like, from from a aesthetic point of view, Hawkman is just a character that looks cool, and that's why people are gravitating towards him. And I was like, oh my god, I've known this, but I couldn't say it because I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. You know what? Everybody's got to be that guy once in a while. Yeah. Because you don't want to be the guy who's just like, I just like it because it looks cool. Because then you sound like really, I don't know, soulless. But I don't know. Sometimes you just have to be honest with yourself and say like, yeah, I'm, I'm reading this because Hawkman looks cool. Yeah. He uses his mace to beat the shit out of people. Am I wrong for that? <laughs> Maybe. No. I don't know. Absolutely He's... not. But honestly, to me, he's got the personality of a brick wall, so that's the only cool part about him. Uh, <laughs> he flies and beats the people up. That's yeah. But there's all that mystery. Well, he's sort of like I don't know. His personality, at least in in that series, is very much just like space cop slash husband. It's not bad, but right. it's not the it's not the most deep thing in the world. So. He's one up on Hal Jordan, I can tell you that. Yeah, no, at least he, he has a steady relationship. Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to be nosy, but I, I was just, I was, I was watching you speak, mm-hmm. creepy as that sounds, and I notice over your shoulder, I see the Batman Superman logo, and I'm curious what that is. Oh, uh, wait, which one? Are you talking about that one? Yeah. Oh, wait, I think I've, I think I've told you guys about this before, but hang on. Um... <clears throat> This is um, what's that? Is that a single issue? Yeah, no, this is a single issue. This is Superman, Batman seventy seven. Oh, like okay. Years ago, um, just because I, I don't, I don't even know what the full story was there, but I saw it and I was like, oh, Robin, Supergirl, yeah, totally. Um, and then like years later, twenty twenty one, two years ago, I say that as if it was that long ago, um. I saw like when when Williamson announced that he was writing Robin, he was like, Robin, fun fact, was like one of the first characters I ever wrote when I started working at DC. And he talked about this issue and I like ran to my long box. I was like, holy shit, I didn't even know you read this. You uh-huh. wrote this. Um, so I just I had it and I was like, well, you know, if I ever get the chance to, to meet him and have him sign it, like, yeah, I'll totally bring this one. Um, and I did. And. This was it, and he right, Dom. did a little, I think I might have sent it at some point, but a little, yeah. little sketch where he says, yeah. Batman, which is a quote from the issue. It's a really fun issue. I would I would recommend checking it out. Right it's like a Halloween-themed issue. Also, it's like early Damien, where he's really bratty, so it's very yeah. fun. <laughs> like, he's I giving Kara so much shit, and Kara's like, all the other Robins are so much better, and he's like, I'm the best Robin. It's it's great. It's <laughs> but anyway, that's to answer your question. That's that's fair enough. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I gotta check that one out. I don't think I, I fell off on Superman Batman, so I gotta. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I know the the Jeff. I mean, obviously, I know the Jeff Loeb ends or the Jeff Loeb run ends at some point. I don't know where, and then beyond that, I don't even know who's writing the book. But there are like occasional single issues that you know you see mentioned here or there and then obviously there's this one but yeah um yeah i know you were reading like the first 12 issues you said uh, I, got, I got through the first two arcs okay and then i had one i got from dollarama was just it's volume six i don't even remember what's in it it's joe casey yeah. 
mm. Paul Levitz and Scott Collins. I think it's just a, a couple of different story arcs. But yeah. when I was at Fan Expo, I got a trade for the search of, search for Kryptonite. Oh, okay. One of my favorite stories. So I was really happy to get that. Um, but completely different creative team, like throughout. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, I don't know how often they change the creative team for Superman Batman. I'd have to like go through the the list. Um, but I think it was like semi frequently. They just had a bunch yeah. of writers, you know, as as the book passed on. It might have been one of those books that just like every couple of story arcs was a, a new team. Yeah, which is I mean that's... like if anybody has a story for Superman yeah. and Batman, let us know. Yeah, which I, I feel like is that could be a method that works. Like, oh, if you have like a solid Superman Batman story, that you know, go at it. Um, but you're also probably gonna have a lot of forgettable ones too. No offense. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah, unfortunately. Like I say, the search for Kryptonite, for example, is one of my favorite stories, uh, but. I've seen a lot of people shit talking it, so <laughs> like I mean, that's that's another example. People, you say forgettable, but there's also yeah. like hated. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay to to sometimes yeah. be the only one who likes a story. Yeah, I'm sure Josh is very familiar with. <laughs> sometimes you just have to carry that weight all by yourself. <laughs> yep. I know, yeah. I know the world disagrees with me, but I will soldier on. Yeah. What else uh, do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of soldiering on, I think we should hop to it. We probably should. We, we should hop to it. Hawk. Insert hawk noise. Yeah. <laughs> well, they actually, I didn't even know this. I, maybe I did, but I forgot. But there's a moment in Shadow War of Hawkman. Actually, there are multiple moments in Shadow War of Hawkman. Where he he, I guess knows how to talk to birds, but they don't <laughs> they don't have it they don't have it be like you know like bird language or whatever. He'll go like wheat like like w h e e t, and then it'll have like a little caption for whatever he's saying, and then a wheat followed. But I'll have to send you guys a panel. It's weird. yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Neither did I. Yeah. I don't think That's... it lasted. I. Yeah, that yeah. that doesn't sound right. <laughs> if I ever, if I ever write Hawkman, I'm bringing that back. <laughs> totally bring that yeah. back. Awesome. All right. Well, before we hop into the books, let's take a break for a quick commercial, and we will be right <clears throat> back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't find that. That Hawkman. Yeah. Shucky, neither of you are reading Power Rangers comics either, right? Nope. No, not really. But I've I've heard good things. Um, yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah, I've heard good things about Power Rangers comics for like the last few years, actually. Yeah, like oh ever, yeah. Well, I know I know the like the Kyle Higgins stuff 
like that era of the the relaunched uh, Power Rangers and Boom Studios is apparently like god tier. So oh read- god, yeah. Uh, I I started to read it when it first came out, and then I fell off because I had to do some culling. But I missed out on like I catch caught up on some stuff, and it's it's just you look at how cheesy the TV show is, and the the comic is so much deeper. What the hell? Oh god, yeah. <laughs> you see what I mean? I do see what you mean, and I it goes like I'm... wheat. What happened to you, my friends? Wheat. I I didn't know that was a thing. I'm gonna double <laughs> there you down go. On my disdain for this new development. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> you say disdain. I say recovered opportunity. <laughs> I say I say uh, new discovery. Sweet. 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 I guess that's good enough for a commercial. So you wanted to talk about books, huh? At some point. Yeah, we probably should. 40 of them. It's as many as four (laughs) tens. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. Well, I guess we should kick it off then, huh? Yeah, you want to give us the, the honorable mention of oh, the, the beginning, typically. Oh, ah, The Brave and the Bold by Batman. Or not Batman, but The Brave and the Bold number <laughs> five. The Written number by five. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Written by Bruce Wayne. Tales Art by of... Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, not anymore. He's dead. Mm. Oh, yeah. You have to remind me of that. Sorry. I, I makes, had to. It makes it worth more. Uh, Tales of the Teen Titans, number three, Donna Troy, Batman Beyond Neo-Gothic, number three, and Static Shadows of Dakota, number six. Hear about all those and more on the bonus show. That Batman Beyond, though, I'm so happy. It's good stuff. Yeah. I know we'll get more into it in the bonus show, but I'm curious before I forget to ask. You guys both read Tales of the Teen Titans yet? Yeah. Number three. Yes, yeah. Okay, so I know you guys were, were curious when it was first solicited if this was going to like give a clear-cut oh, like, no. idea I, of Donna's I, origin. I was so worried we were going to talk about this. I just, I'm just i just looking for, like, does it do that or no? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let's, we'll let's make we'll, this... We'll do that we'll, well, I can question. I can just make this oh, okay. really simple. Yes and question. no. Yeah, yes, oh, God. It, it resurrects an older origin uh-huh. no in that it does not answer any of the questions people have had since rebirth we can get more into that later okay <laughs> lovely <laughs> all right fun time very fun times <laughs> at least we have number four to look forward to kicking out the Boy. next event yeah yeah because that's what we need another event <laughs> can't just have comics (laughs) need events yeah uh all right we will jump right into our main reviews for the week now detective comics number 1074 and i believe brandon is taking that on yes i am and this is of course brought to us by one rom v doing the art with dustin wen kicking off this new arc Colors from John Kalich and letters from Ariana Mar with, as usual, an outstanding cover from Evan Cagle. Uh, we don't oh, shout God, that yeah. out enough, but like, 
it's just been tearing it up on the covers since the start of this run. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but our story picks up um, basically with a apartment on fire um, and kind of we're, we're in the middle of whatever just happened, uh, but sort of trying to get uh, all caught up on this sort of low life guy who was going to meet up with his friend. And that's when he discovers that someone has been hanging out on the roof this whole time and is none other than the Batman looking a little worse for wear and talking about a strange place known as Morton's. But anyway, he makes his way through the rest of these, uh, these underlings like a freight train and then basically just jumps off the roof um, in the midst of an explosion in what is a very badass and blockbuster-esque scene, if I do say so myself, um, Mm -hmm. before we cut back to the present with Officer Fielding, who is under task for Montoya, to basically just kind of track down where Batman might be next before anything could get worse. But there is a really fun callback to Batman's secret files. Um, It mentions it later in the issue, but this officer, Nathan Fielding, um, is actually... A character that was first kind of specified in uh, in the Batman Secret Files from 2018, I want to say, which I believe might have been Rom and uh, the artist Jorge Forn's first work at DC, and it's a really great story. Really, um, I would oh, I wow. recommend people I to check. It. I, and I always had that in the back of my mind, and I saw this, I was like, oh my god! I mean, no surprise he remembers it because it was a great story and he wrote it, but yeah. uh, still, nice callback. But anyway um right on so fielding and his partner are on the trail of batman who is going through his own psychological stuff right now kind of cycling through a lot of old memories he flashes back to one at gotham pier with his father which seemingly starts off as a very innocent memory but quickly morphs into something a lot more nightmarish um but the sort of general idea of a lot of these nightmares is to kind of push him on, but also to make sure that he doesn't completely lose himself. Um, Next, while Fielding and his partner are on the trail of Batman, they make their way uh, to the old Gotham Pier where a bunch of ex-Joker goons or current Joker goons have been hanging out, um, and that's when they come face-to-face with Waylon Jones, a.k.a. Killer Croc, who was also there at the time and was kind of present uh, to everything that happened but also came face-to-face with Shavad, I think um, her name is, of the Orgum family who's also on the trail for Batman uh, and was not asking in a a very nice manner, uh, as he mentions. Um, But finally, as Bruce continuously goes through another one of his kind of psychological breakdowns, this time dreaming about Nightwing and sort of the relationship that him and Bruce have and how... Nightwing was saved by him, but uh, but Bruce is kind of, in his own way, still traumatized. Um, we cut to an alley where Bruce is still processing all of this trauma, but that's when we make the rather dramatic reveal um, that uh, that alley, I think, it mentions, I don't, I don't know if he is aware, um, but Fielding and his partner are aware, uh, because Montoya makes them aware, the alley that he's kind of stumbled into and where he's processing all this trauma is none other than Crime Alley, which sort of gives Fielding a moment of revelation in that Crime Alley is the same place that Thomas and Martha Wayne were killed. 
and Batman has supposedly been going on this weird tour of Gotham with places that are possibly connected to him emotionally. So you can kind of see the wheels turning in his head of what he might be doing next. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Do you guys want me to go straight into the backup or uh, should I mean, we talk about this one? We can talk about this one real quick. I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, well, um, fuck, it's an interesting arc. It's an, it's an interesting start to this new arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I kind of came into this one with, I would say, fresher eyes because we've kind of been, we've really been hammering on this Orgum story for a while. And I know pacing has been a problem. And there have definitely been moments where it kind of felt like it was dragging. And this one also kind of slows things down, but I think in a much, I don't want to say better way, but, but certainly in a, in a more understandable way. That's or, yeah. Right. I don't oh, know the right word. That's a good way to put it. But what I'm sort of getting at is like, we're, we're not pressing pause on the Orgum stuff. We're just kind of slowing down now that Batman's infected with the asthma, but he's also dealing with the demon bat and everything. Like, we're just going to really focus on this for a little bit and then get back to that. Um, and I know that feels like it's putting a pause in the story. And I would be a hypocrite if I didn't complain about this where I've been complaining about Nightwing doing the same thing. But I think this one works because... I don't know. They've really been focusing on the Orgum story so much that this feels like a nice breather, whereas Nightwing doesn't know when Heartless wants to be a character or not. But we're not talking about Nightwing. We're talking about this. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I really dug this. And also, it's just great seeing Dustin Wen. He's like such a, I, in my opinion, a classic Batman artist. I know like, he hasn't been drawing Batman since the 80s or whatever, but like he's been drawing it for over 20 years, so for me at least he feels like such a nostalgic batman artist and it's nice to see him kind of ushering in this new arc um as well so yeah no i i uh i dug this uh first uh story at least and i gave it 8.5 out of 10. right on um i 100 agree with everything that's been said like i i've been I, I went into the story like oh yeah we're still doing those origam stuff and oh god we're gonna like have a little pause I just go through this Asmer and Barbato stuff. And then the, the more I read, the more interested I got. So it's definitely a good issue. Figure it out. Fucking figure it out. Whoops. <laughs> oh. You figure it out. <laughs> Fringe and figure it out. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> um, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's maybe one of my favorite issues of Ram V's run so far just seeing where this is where this whole asthma situation has taken bruce and having this detective on the side uh kind of following along it's really interesting uh for the main story 8.75 oh yeah um i gave uh i gave the main excuse me blah blah i gave the main story a 7.5 it is um it's going in that slow Ram V style, and I don't, I don't mind that whatsoever. It just, it's, it's a new beginning. It's a new direction for this to be kind of heading into, and I'm hoping that it's a little bit more. I hope the, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that the rest of it will be as structured as this one was, mm-hmm. but um, I guess that remains to be seen. That's part one. The art is fucking fantastic, and it's got me curious where it's going with it. I just need to be sold. 
Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, right on. Um, well, anyway, our backup, if we just want to launch straight into that, uh, is a Ten-Eyed Man story written by Dan Waters with art from Hayden Sherman, colors from Trina Farrell, and letters from Steve Wands. The premise, I think, is, is fairly simple. Ten-Eyed Man is hungry, and he wants pizza. Um, <laughs> his wants quest... Pizza. Hey, he's just like me. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and I want some pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Who and, doesn't? Uh, exactly. And and in his quest for pizza finds his way around Gotham City and is kind of discovering that the people of Gotham are infected in various ways. Um, ultimately, landing in a hospital where he discovers a nurse who is about to kill a baby, which kind of gets a little dark. But um, Ten-Eyed Man in a, I think, rather odd moment for him actually ends up um stopping the nurse and saving the baby's life uh, but does end up in the custody of gcpd um and ultimately kind of helps look inside montoya as well to just kind of look for what is missing in the people of gotham what have they forgotten um but uh whether or not we get a complete answer about what that is and i think in concrete terms is, is what i'm saying it's not entirely clear. Um, Ten-Eyed Man just kind of vanishes after he looks into Montoya uh, and then goes off and enjoys his pizza on a gargoyle, as yeah. should all. Um, I don't know. It was it was fun. Very non-essential. It was like a nice callback to the Arkham City miniseries that we talked about. Oh, my God. Is that almost two years ago? That was a long oh, time ago. God. That's yeah. horrible. Um, <laughs> it's so old. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I won't say it's anything necessary. Like, it, it's just kind of fun. If you like the character from Arkham City or you just like a, I don't know, a reverent story about Ten-Eyed Man gallivanting through Gotham City, you'll probably have fun with this one. But honestly, like, I read it and I was like, eh, that's fine. Um, so I gave the backup a 7.5. I see that. Art is really good, though. That that it it lifted the score up of the whole book for me a little bit. Um, at the end of it, we see uh, the ten-eyed man crawl through the hole that he sees in the world and just fucking teleports out of that. So, I mean, I guess that settles it for once once and for all that the ten-eyed man isn't crazy, or at least not yeah. not most. He's so insane that he's mostly not crazy. Does that make? um this well to to him everyone else is insane so really he's the most sane one out there yeah that makes sense yeah that leads into the next thing i was gonna say this trippy character (laughs) (laughs) um if if it's written like this um it's one i'm always gonna want to read ten-eyed man is is the start of a good story if that makes sense, like you can you can work into anything just kicking it off with him. The 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 possibilities of storytelling are fucking endless with his unique insight into the world around us. Um, and I think there's a shit ton more left to tell from him. Um, granted that I'm generally speaking not a fan of non-essential reading I was surprised I liked it as much as I did but again Ten Eyed Man stories are awesome I gave this an 8.5 which rounded out the book to an 8 uh, personally 
our scores are basically inverted. You gave the main <laughs> 7.5. I gave it an 8.5. I gave the backup a 7.5. You gave that an 8.5. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> uh, I did not get a chance to fully read this one because uh, I only got to read Detective Comics on the way home today. It's been a busy week. So flipping through it, I did get a bit of a gist on what was going on. Um Seems really interesting. I I can't score it because I obviously I like I said I didn't get a really deep dive into it, uh, but it does seem very interesting. And Dan Waters with Ten Eyed Man is like Matthew Rosenberg with Red Hood. <laughs> he's he's got this arc throughout various books over many years, and it's it's interesting. That's yeah, how they're, how they're running the character affinity for that character. Yeah. Well, I'm with you, Waters. I'm with you. Don't <laughs> stop. Yeah. Exactly. All right, uh, so now we'll move on to Harley Quinn number thirty-two. It, this is this Wild month has been out. kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> just revisit, like it. It feels like it's been so long since we've had these issues, and it's like you're we're, we're back with night terrors. Yeah, and Batman still has them. Apparently, yeah. this man can't win. He just keeps. <laughs> keeps having nightmares uh, all right so this is harley quinn number 32 uh, this is brought to us by teeny howard writing with the scripts uh and sweeney boo with art and color steve wands on letters and a gorgeous cover yet again from sweeney boo uh god damn those covers are so good yeah yeah has brandon disappeared oh no did brandon disappear uh, he's a black screen and everything's gone quiet he might have disappeared uh hopefully he's out there <laughs> out there somewhere yeah the great beyond yeah uh well I, i'll jump into harley quinn still so we uh return Har- harley quinn returns uh from her adventures in night terrors to pamela and janet from hr in their apartments wondering where the hell harley is uh she comes home a little battered and bruised and really needs a shower or bath, as uh, Ivy suggests. So Harley drags her into the bathtub with her, leaving Janet from HR with Bud and Lou stand there, uh, standing in the hallway <laughs> uh, while the, the pair go off to have a wonderful night together. Uh, as they arise the next morning, Harley is in her professor's clothes off to teach her students uh after the fiasco that was the field trip to the giant tape grader museum which again fucking awesome museum (laughs) yeah uh to get them prepped for finals yeah but as she is doing that she gets attacked by an omac and not the classic 70s omac an omac from infinite crisis never thought we'd see one of those again brother i omac yeah um Secret Batman satellite, Omac. Yeah. yeah brother yeah. Uh So this Brother I, Omac, uh, demands Harley comes with him to Earth Brothers. 49, if I remember right. 48. Uh, 48. Okay, where Lady Quirk is. So. I mean, it's it's on the page in front of me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right, it's Earth 48. Um, uh 
And Harley says, I can't just leave my students. So the OMAC drives <laughs> the students with her and they head to War World on Earth 48, where Lady Quark and her family resides. It is a utopia of a civilization with, uh, fully advanced as we've seen before, but it also leaves a lasting effect on the students who use the knowledge that they find within to not only grow their brains to brainiac sized proportions, but they're just like literal geniuses now. Uh, and, and they have a lot of fun with it, building shit as they go. Uh, Lady Quirk, meanwhile, drags Harley away from them to talk about her multiversal adventures and trying to figure out where her powers manifested down to the first time she uh, grabbed through the multiverse to get the, um, the clownfish from uh, Captain Carrot. And they have a hologram of her battle. Warple fish. Warple fish, thank you. <laughs> It still looks like a clownfish. It looks it like something looks like the Joker, Joker would yeah. use. Yeah. Laughing fish. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Actually, it was Jokerfish, not clownfish. Yeah. Clownfish is something. Entirely. That's that's Nemo. That, yeah, that's like yeah, yeah, it's an actual thing. Yeah. <laughs> As I was saying, I was like, this doesn't sound right, but I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what else it's called. Uh, so she has a hologram of her of Harley's battle with Two Face when she first manifested the Vorpal Fish, and asks Harley to recreate it. And as she does, uh, they get a brief glimpse of Harley, based on what she was feeling at the time to protect people, um, and just through like worry and fear and heroic tendencies and all her emotions all at once, uh, manifests the ability to. Uh, poke a hole through the multiverse which opens a hole into bleed space and they her, uh, Harley and Lady Quark jump into a multiversal ship that uh, Lady Quark and her family have built for the pair to traverse and as they do uh, they come across all sorts of things outside bleed space including some not exactly zombies but dark shadow figures of an underrealm that is not as bad as hell but also kind of worse uh, they follow the pair back to Earth 48 on War World, and Harley and the students, you well, mostly the students. Harley does try to do some fighting, but trying to protect the students, the students end up using their advanced knowledge and the new building they've constructed using an energy overflow vent to uh, blast away all the shadow figures. Uh, the residents of War World are very grateful for the students' success. Uh, and send them back uh, supposedly without the advanced knowledge but we'll see because their their bodies were forever changed so we'll see what happens uh harley is now on her way back to the apartments uh it's now late at night class is long over and she got some snacks because she just wants to curl up in a ball and eat some junk food but then she is found by a multiversal detective named lux kirby p.i uh, and looks really fucking weird, like a clock face for a face, and I don't even know how to describe this character. Uh, Harley initially wants to wants nothing to do with it, but Lux Kirby says, "You're not in trouble. You're actually a victim, and a multiversal version of you has been murdered." Uh, and it is a bunny version. Very reminiscent of Captain Carrot. And straight it's... out of... Uh, man, how are you going to look at that and not think straight out of Space Jam? 
Oh, I do, but like I know there's there's no way that's Lola Bunny. <laughs> there's un- unless they are doing some like Warner Brothers crossover here. I oh, I, no. I don't not, think it, they are though. Yeah, that's not Lola. That's definitely no, Harley Bunny. That's definitely but... Harley. It could be Lola in cosplay. We don't know. Who... You don't know. You just don't know. You they don't could know. be cousins for all we know. They're could obviously be. both from the Bunny family. Yeah. <laughs> um oh Brandon has disappeared. Why did Brandon disappear? That's not good. Uh I'll do a quick look at the backup. Uh another one I did not get to fully deep dive, but this is high stakes, uh written by Sam Maggs with art from Killer Kelly Jones, colors from Jose Villarubia, and letters from Hassan Atsmane Elhau. Uh it's a vampire story with Harley and Ivy, uh, and what looks like Nosferatu, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's oh, oh shit! I just realized maybe it's Joker. <laughs> I just I was so fixated on the fact that it looks like Nosferatu that I didn't even yeah. catch the smile until just now. <laughs> wow, uh, yeah, it's it's a very um, on brand Harley backup of the pair in a vampire story very much dracula inspired very interesting the art kelly jones just fantastic you can't go wrong uh if you're reading harley quinn definitely check out this backup it is pretty awesome uh yeah so that is harley quinn a lot of fun still like i'm still loving this new direction i would still want to say new creative team but because it feels like so long that it hasn't really i think it was issue 28 this team took over so it really yeah, wasn't that really long was... ago <laughs> this was um, like a, a dawn of dc relaunch. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it feels like it was forever ago but it really wasn't um still digging it this multiversal story with harley is honestly flowing quite well like they're not going too quick they're not going too slow they're giving just enough information each issue to add to the story and make it interesting and keep it fresh i like it and the art's really good. Sweeney Boo, as we all agree, uh, rocks. Oh. Yeah. As Josh once said, Sweeney Boo-tastic. Sweeney Boo-tastic. Yeah. <laughs> and as I mentioned, the backup is is amazing, if only for Kelly Jones art. God damn, I can't believe the guy Kelly Jones do that. It's so good. <laughs> um, this issue, 8.75 again. Dude, this I gotta say, was nuts. But I am glad to see the story finally taken up. Yeah. Um. The whole thing that's been happening, it's been happening at, well, I mean, I guess like at a Harley's pace, meeting. Yeah. Speed up, slow down, speed up. Again. <laughs> Unpredictable um, as as it usually goes. Very yeah. much so. But uh, and this is pretty serious for a Harley story too, repercussions wise, not like tone wise. I I like it. It's weird, but I like it. And, of course, like we just said, Sweeney Boo is a chef's kiss for the eyes. Yeah. Um, the backups that are the dreams, strange, just weird, but also not bad. Enjoyable, at least. The art as well. A uh, whole book, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Good score. Yeah, same. Uh, oh, no, I was just going to say same score for me, honestly. Um, like, it, it, I don't know. There, there are a couple of points where I felt like it was a little too fast to the point where I just felt like I could latch on to anything. Um, but, you know, it's it's still fun. 
it's still very uh, innocent and it's it's keeping me reading so that's that's good enough um yep but yeah that that uh, that backup of kelly jones oh so great man. oh man um chef's so, yeah. kiss. really truly chef's kiss yeah um but yeah no 7.5 for me just uh solid stuff but uh, it was a little a little too fast for me perhaps. yeah Almost feels like they they just they hit the ground running with this one right yeah. out of night terrors, and almost like they they just wanted to catch up a bit, but it's it's kind of weird because they don't need to catch up. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like admittedly, I you know I knew all the multiverse stuff was going on, but it felt like it had been so long ago I wasn't thinking about it, and we just it was like right back in and like within five pages like oh mac and i'm like oh, oh okay right, cool. and then lady cork and it's just it's it was a lot yeah um, hey fair enough uh now we'll jump into spirit world number five brought to us by brandon all right spirit world number five uh written of course by Alyssa wong with art from I think it's Heining. Josh has been doing most of the summaries, so I, I don't have all the pronunciations, but I think that's right. Uh, colors from Sebastian Chang and letters from Steve Wands. This issue picks up where the last one left off with a possessed Constantine and Cassandra Kane. Um, <clears throat> although before that, we have a little prelude with the Jade Court. We're kind of watching all the uh, the madness go down. Um but anyway, Xanthi is sort of face-to-face with uh, what they call, you know, the best sorcerer, one of the best hand-to-hand combat fighters within the universe. So naturally, they're a little freaked out about having to, to fight uh, these two. Uh, but thankfully, they're, yeah, they're, they're fairly resourceful um, and are able to kind of create this circle that is able to allow both Cass and Constantine to assert their own uh, autonomy and authority um but also she kind of re- they kind of reveal um that the reason that uh, Cass and Constantine did not completely lose their personalities when they were being possessed was because they have tethers uh to the human world and so that kind of grounds their their personalities even in the spirit world those um, others are people that remember them Right. Yes, people that remember and love them. Yeah, that remember them more than yeah. It says like you know, beyond that, they uh, they love you and care about you. So obviously, that tether is what's keeping them there. Um, But uh, in the midst of all this, there has been um, I don't remember what this spirit's name was, um, but she was acting on behalf of the Jade Court and had kind of been sent um, to you know handle. both uh, Xanthi and uh, and the rest of their companions. Um, and that's when they sort of are face-to-face with this strange entity um, that is, I think, being puppeted or was being puppeted by the sort of leader of the Jade Court, the Empress of the Jade Court. Um, but the Golden Warrior is kind of becoming impatient with this and so ends up making his way from the Jade Court uh, to face them head-on um, and, uh, and does so. Um, so Xanthi, Constantine, and Cass, in the midst of this battle with both the strange demonic entity um, and also this golden warrior, are sort of helping to uh, to fight off um, both of these representatives of the Jade Court. And Xanthi is able to kind of siphon off some of the energy from both Cass and Constantine, 
um, in order to help them in their fight. Um, but that's when they reveal that um, this has all sort of been one larger plan of the Jade Court to bring everyone here and to inevitably open the door between the spirit world and our world um, to, you know, presumably unleash chaos. Um, yeah, agreed. Uh, very much a penultimate issue, uh, but a very well done penultimate issue. Honestly, the whole series has been like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I don't have all that much to say other than it just kind of keeps this very consistent quality. Um, and really just uh, manages to keep things exciting, even with issue five. Um, so as sad as I will be to see this book go, I will be happy if it goes out on a high note and hopefully Xanthi as well as some of the other characters we've met in the spirit worlds, like, you know, Popo and, and everyone else will, will be a, around in some form in the magical yeah. corner of the yeah. universe. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a really solid book. Like I feel like I've been saying that since issue one and honestly, I, I still feel that way. So it's, it's impressive really. Um, so I gave this an 8.25 out of 10. I, I can agree wholeheartedly. Uh, 8.25 as well. It's been a solid run. I, I think everything from uh, the We Are Legends line has been just hit after hit. So it's great to see uh, um, a banner have like such great books under it. Uh, Spirit World might actually be my favorite. It's, it's so full of lore and history um, and great character work. And this issue is no different. It, it's getting up to the the final issue like brandon said and it promises so far right now to be a hell of an ending yeah really well done the art's fantastic god damn i i can't sing these the praises for this book enough yeah yeah so break out another story and give us another six issues exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm down for a season two hell yeah, yeah. The magic story in this book is wicked cool. The magic that is the story is wicked cool. Um, I'm having a real good time. And on top of that, I know that once this is collected, it's going to read even better. Um, and I'm not saying that in the way of, like, uh, you know, making an excuse. Well, well, if it's better, you know, if it's all together, you read it better. This is going to read like one hell of a story. Um, on top mm -hmm. of that, every piece of art, every single panel is easy to look at. It's a different kind of team put together, and it's it for um, that's been in the book, and it's led to some really interesting and very fun to read. Um, I especially like the other the undertones of the whole thing because it's like face your struggles, be sure of who who be sure of who you are, even when you can't be. Hold the line. Um, very. Uh, very positive message reinforcements going on in the book, man. And yeah. I dig it. It gets an 8.5 out of 10 for me. I, I would love sometime in the future, hopefully next year, to see just once, even if it's a one-shot, uh, a team-up story with uh, Xanthi, let's say City Boy, Monkey Prince, Sideways, and Red Canary. <laughs> yeah, that would be really fun. I throw sideways in there because sideways is always going to be in there when it comes to my opinions. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Until well, he comes be, by proper. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm glad each um, book in the line has kind of just focused on telling 
its own separate story. But I'm surprised there hasn't been any kind of crossover between the titles. They've all just been in their own little uh, little corners. So it would be cool to see kind of a crossover or something like that. Yeah. And we've seen City, City Boy interact. So. Yeah. Not an event. Not no. 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 Not with 50 no. tie-ins. Just no. a, cross- a very simple crossover. That's all yeah. you need. Yeah, in the future, I'm Just glad that they each got their individual time to 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 uh, shine. You know, being first introduced at the very least. It's good stuff. I was surprised that, and I think it's been done before in comics, but very rarely. Something along the lines of of what, like the the story style that Netflix Marvel series did, and like the mcu did you have these various stories with brief hints of a larger piece Mm. all come together at the end they could have done something like that here you know new characters smaller stories but you have little hints of something bigger in each story and then they come together in the end and they all team up for like a big one-shot issue it's not an event it's a crossover yes and it's a common purpose Something like that would have been really interesting. Yeah, yeah, kind of like Defenders did with, you know, Daredevil and Iron Fist and Luke Cage and all that stuff. Yeah, but just exactly that. Um, yeah, a much <laughs> way, better story, way better story. <laughs> I, I still have opinions about that that show. Yeah. I call it that. But it gave us Daredevil season three, so I guess I shouldn't complain. Too That's much. fair. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was a them and just watch Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a damn mosquito in here. That's. Uh, uh, I wasn't sure if that was oh, that or if you were just like Daredevil season three. Oh God, yes. <laughs> 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 Daredevil season three speaks for itself. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's, I'm excited. It's perfection. For it. <laughs> you, just, you can just did you watch it? About the other three. I'll, okay, so quite honestly, I fell off on the Marvel Netflix. Uh, Daredevil season three is the only Daredevil I haven't watched, even though I know I should. Yeah, and I still want to because the first two seasons I really enjoyed. Do it. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's so worth it, man. Yeah, and not only does it make up for Defenders, but it's just such a great, if sad, end to the show. Yeah, yeah, I gotta check it out. Really well though. They have, they have a new villain in at that time, right? Oh, Bull, Bullseye's in it. Yeah, well, they, they bring in Bullseye, and they kind of do a, sort of their own version of Born Again. Uh, oh, okay. Which is really cool. Right on. Yeah, I got to check it out for sure. I got to get on that. Yeah. It's it's only been four years. It's only been four years. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You're not behind at all. No. Um, meow. Yeah, I was gonna say we we all finished Spirit World, right? We did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wildcats. God damn it, Ange. <laughs> she she's been on a High School Musical kick recently. So. Oh no! Oh, no. I, I wow. said I said what Wildcats? Wildcats. I was gonna say what team? <laughs> no. Uh, I have such a such a hate relationship with that movie. Not because it's necessarily bad or anything. I just it was. It was like inescapable for oh god yeah years yeah i never i had kids that loved it i never watched it never had to succumb Ugh. it was beautiful 
Never just, had to watch I had, anything High School Musical oh, or Glee. I, I just I had a lot of cousins who who were girls, which were like the and it was during that that era where you couldn't run away from it, so it was perfect for people to just consume on a yeah. massive scale. And I everywhere I turned, it was there. Yeah, like I see it it's in my nightmares. It's like I mean, I what they I'll, I'll admit acceptable warfare. It's not I. Like, uh, I fucking loved it only because around that time I was also part of musical theater. So. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that, I was I all for it. Yeah. I still really enjoy Glee. Yeah. Hey, my kid mm-hmm. just made Melody Makers. Ooh, the, my ten-year-old. He uh, he just he just found out uh, yesterday that that he made the team. So that's cool. Mm. What they, tra- they sing? Is, is that... It's like a choir thing for his school. Oh, okay, right on they go around and eventually it turns into competitions and stuff but nice. right now it's just traveling singing that's pretty cool a, a lot like glee i take it yeah yeah it's, he's right excited on. that's pretty um, awesome yeah i you i i don't imagine you i guess you're not too excited uh you know i'm glad because his mom sings really really well too yeah and um she went through uh, choir like all the way through high school, like till she graduated, got, competed and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that they've got something that they can bond over. But I'll probably be more into his. He got a gig with uh, doing the morning news. All right, at school as well. So I'll, I'll be. I'll probably be more into that part. Nice. Let mom have the glee. Yeah, <laughs> I'll support you, man, but I don't want to watch all of it. <laughs> uh, one day, the rest of the good stuff I've done outweighs that. One one day, I will find a musical you will appreciate. <laughs> there was an episode that had a musical in it, like it was just a TV show that had a bit of a musical in it, and I made a. There's, there's been a few, Buffy. No, 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 no. Not Riverdale, I hope. No. Oh, thank no. God. I can't even tell you what it was, but it was the first time I've ever said, well, hey, you know, I mean, I guess I could take that. But I don't <laughs> remember what the hell it was. Yeah. And the Buffy musical episode is, to this day, one of my favorites. <laughs> That's horrible. What do you See, mean it's I, horrible? I, ooh. That's horrible. You're horrible. Harsh. Take a vampire show and turn it in and have it do a musical. It makes no sense. It's it's a fun little one episode thing. Yeah, I like it's a pass. Well, yeah, and it, it worked into the the universe as well. Yeah. It became just a show about musicals. No, anybody that said that about Riverdale was wrong. I was saying from the get go, this show makes mm. no sense. Yeah. Oh, I, I think people were just like sense. that. That first season was like the hype of seeing all the classic Archie characters but serious and then it started a horrible trend that we're still living through to this yeah. day well it's it's Not done now really it's officially done. over oh really yeah it, it I was talking about like endless spin-offs that that were born out of that that was like what oh, if we I took I think like even those are done musical yeah okay just yeah it was just like what if we take like childhood property that you know but we make it dark and serious. Oh, I, I, think, I think the ultimate epitome the of that was Prince like Air. The oh, Fresh yeah. Prince. Why well, I, I wasn't even thinking of that. I was thinking like 
there was a Hardy Boys reboot on Hulu. Yeah. And I still can't believe that was a thing. <laughs> What's the first episode that. and I, I was laughing my ass off because I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I yeah, I read the Hardy Boys when I was like ten. Me too. But I don't remember them having a tragic and damaged backstory. No. No. But anyway. Me either. Not everybody needs one. Yeah. You really don't. No. <laughs> Contrary to I don't know, studio beliefs, it does not necessarily make good television. No. No, it really does not. Anyway, that's enough about musicals. So it was a weird tangent <laughs> we went on. <laughs> As is the norm. No weirder than uh, than any of the usual ones. I mean, it, we, we didn't even talk about comics. <laughs> Technically. Yeah. I mean, I think somebody brought up Archie Comics, but that's yeah. that's neither here nor there. Uh, this there. this is Done. what team? Wildcats. Wildcats. At... <laughs> you tricked me. So <laughs> this is number 11 if i remember correctly you remember correctly Woo-hoo. and this is written by matthew rosenberg if i remember correctly with art from steven segovia danny kim and tom derrick again if i remember correctly and yes. colors from elmer santos and letters from Farron delgado you remember cover correctly. from steven segovia and elmer santos uh if i remember correctly you're reading it off of your phone. <laughs> I'm reading it off the damn page. <laughs> I think I remember very well because it was two seconds ago. All right. We are now uh, pretty much in the end game for this series as well. Yeah, uh, which, which yeah, it's a damn shame because this, this has been a blast to read. Okay. Uh, we have a bit of... Uh, I don't know. It was just like the tragedy is... When are we ever going to get another Wildcats book? Like, real you talk. Know? It's going to be a while, so <laughs> might as well enjoy these last two issues while we can. Anyway, and if we, if we ever do get another Wildcats, is it going to be as fun? I don't know. We'll see. Matthew Rosenberg clearly appreciates the, and loves these characters. Mm. It's hard to see if anybody else will have the same effect, but I guess we'll, we'll see one day Doesn't maybe in the future. We'll go back and do it. God damn, I, mean, I hope so. With the ten-eyed man, he always comes back. That's true. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, so we're opening on a press conference from Halo, and <laughs> in Star City of all places. You know, shut the front door, you son of a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> Some clean cursing for you. Oh my goodness, Robin Sparkles. <laughs> what? We're going to the mall. Like, <laughs> what, what? What are we doing? <laughs> uh, Passing around sandwiches. <laughs> Where did these "How I Met Your Mother" riffs come from? I don't know. This is very, very fucking random. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. God damn, that was good. All right, so Halo press conference. Uh, about the uh, Spartan robots, androids, robots, right? Yeah, and androids. Like yeah, yeah, androids. Um, uh, being the new face of the company and uh, being heroes to the world, uh, and then they get bombarded with various questions that that are very questionable, uh, like uh, were these robots in this war zone recently? Where's Jacob Marlowe? various other things 
and to cut us short as Jacob Marlowe in uh, whatever hole uh, what uh, could be. <laughs> uh, that is the name of the mansion he is in, apparently, uh, that he owns, where he's watching this press conference and just having a good old laugh about it. Uh, the rest of the Wildcats are there with him, uh, swimming by the pool. Really lends a lot of questions for me about Lady Tron, but I, hopefully she's waterproof. I, I'm assuming. Um, of course she is. She made sure of it. <laughs> that that sounded a lot more sinister than I think you meant to. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just very familiar with her uh, proclivities with BDSM, so I, I imagine everything's got to be watertight everywhere. That's fair. <laughs> that's that's very fair. Um, Brandy, you look embarrassed, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer this question. I don't know how to answer this question. I don't know if I want to answer this question. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we can say that for off air if need be. <laughs> uh, all right. So the the team are chilling by a pool and talking about the mission at hand and basically just having it out with each other at the same time, down to Cole and Marlo. Uh, basically just ready to have at it but um they get stopped and everybody decides to smarten up and just get ready for the mission at hand and that is to infiltrate the halo building and figure out what the hell to do next before that happens uh cole and Zena have a brief repose together uh feelings are revealed and they have a bit of a moment without clothes. Uh, to be honest with you, that kind of came out of nowhere for me. I know they hinted at that in the alternate universe Cole was in, but that didn't really seem apparent with the rest of the series in this universe. Yeah, I. It, it's a little harder for me because obviously I'm. I kind of have the older association or older yeah. um, kind of knowledge of the Wildcat, so obviously I, I know that. In the previous continuity, Cole and Zana had kind of a romantic past, but um, I, yeah, well, I, I kind of went through some of the old issues just to see if there were any hints, and it was like kind of there, but I don't know. Is I, I, I agree with you. It did kind of just, just appear. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit like as as just easy out of as the it blue. was to slip into this book for somebody who was just interested in picking up a a book with grifter and company um i think the majority of the people who read this has have at least picked up previous wildcats books and are, are at least a little familiar with um cole and z being a couple or you know at the best what 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 is it like you know when you're friends with somebody but you're also can't stand them you call them frenemies what mm -hmm. what's the word when like Sometimes you're friends with somebody, and sometimes you can't stand somebody, but you're sleeping with them. What's that word? Is there a word for that? <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like there should be. And since uh, you're in Cornell, yeah, I, I think we need you to come up with it. I, was, I, I have no idea. I, I'd have to come up with something clever that encompasses all of that. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know a word. I don't know a single word that just describes that. <laughs> Um, someone uh, that you hate, but also that you sleep with. <laughs> it's a little counterintuitive, but 
<clears throat> Relationships are a messy thing. Counterintuitive. Um, I think yeah. that matches perfectly with the Wildcats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's. The wild counterintuitive yeah. operative team. <laughs> Although I, I'm wondering, like, if maybe this book is banking on people having read Birds of Prey, number one, which obviously sees, you know, Cole and Zana together and like living together in some apartment. And so maybe it's like we're kind of trying oh, to connect right. this to that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Could be that. Um, but even that, that also was kind of out of the blue, and that clearly takes place after this. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Um, it's really weird. Something yeah. tells me that Birds of Prey came out a little too early, considering I mean, not only spoiled this, but, but, but Green but, Arrow yes. number six as well. <laughs> yeah, in, in terms of, like, publishing schedule, yeah, it's probably yeah. way too early. A little, little too They've early. They've had a couple of those screw-ups as of late. Yeah. Um, with Birds of Prey again with Ali. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little much. Like, same month, couple weeks, fine. Two whole, two and a half months away? That's that's on you, bud. That's it's too a much. Lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, also, for, for your reference of enemies that bang, let's call mm-hmm. it Hate Me and Chill. Hate Me and Chill? Hate Me and Chill. I like there it. You go. I like it a lot. There we go. Good. Uh, I want to say, speaking of hate me and chill, but I don't know if it fits. Uh, following Zana and Cole uh, getting frisky, outside the door is uh, <laughs> Lady Tron. Yeah. <laughs> Just listening closely, Good trying guys. to find the right moment to insert herself. Uh. <laughs> Just. And she's, and then Caitlin walks by and he's like, "Go away, little kid. This isn't <laughs> yeah. for you." That was fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm spilling the beans right now. That's my favorite moment of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I I was reading this on the bus. I had to, I nearly burst out laughing. Like, <laughs> of course she is. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that that also is where Caitlin it asks for a new earpiece because she says she lost it during the last mission when they were fighting Batman and company. Uh, and then we cut to Batman and Company, where Dinah, Roy, and Bruce in Roy's apartment are trying to figure out how to break into this earpiece. Uh, sorry, I guess jailbreak the earpiece and reverse engineer to figure out either communication arrays or locations uh, where they can find the Wildcats and other people. And as Roy goes to take a look, uh, Caitlin hops on the earpiece prompting Roy to think he, he's the one that fixed it, but he wasn't. It was just Caitlin being Caitlin. Uh, she comes to Batman with a plan. Uh, well, she she has a plan. She doesn't tell Batman the plan, but asks to meet uh, where Elias Park is at 1 a.m. And this is where the seven soldiers are also there. Oddly enough, also looking for Caitlin, uh, where uh, Bruce, Roy, Dinah, and also Martian Manhunter arrive uh, to also find Caitlin. And the he two just teams shows up. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't I mean, like in the last issue. He just, I guess, they were uh, like, "Hey, John." He wasn't, yeah, we we need backup. Yeah, want to help? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the two teams square off as Caitlin runs away, and this is where I'm a little confused. Uh, but we'll get into that. Uh, it wasn't really Caitlin. 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about that because I'm very confused about that part. Uh, but this was the distraction necessary for the Wildcats team to infiltrate the Halo building, and they do uh, from two fronts, but <clears throat> they are found almost instantly by... Um, holy crap, I'm blanking on her name. That's the Void, right? Yes. Okay, I was getting that right. So the Void... Uh, finds them almost right away and sends a whole bunch of Spartan androids uh, straight to them, to both teams. Actually, no, to one team. The other, uh, Cole's team is being fought by... Uh, I'm going to need you guys to fill in those blanks because I'm kind of blanking on all the names. I see some Court of Owls characters, uh, but the guy with the long green ponytail and the sharp claws. Uh, Warblade. Warblade. There's multiple yes. Warblades. There's multiple Warblades, which I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, that that was kind of yeah. weird. I mean, but, or it also could be a, like a perspective thing where he's like he's in between leaping or something. I don't know. But, could yeah, be. Looks yeah, weird. yeah. So they they're now ambushed. Uh, what from their own ambush, and this is where the issue ends to be concluded. Uh, right. So right away, I just want to ask you guys about that moment where they the the heroes see. Caitlin running off into the woods while uh, our heroes go up against seven soldiers. Mm-hmm. And then some guy pops up from behind the tree in Caitlin's clothes and a Caitlin looking wig. Who the hell is that guy? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I wanted to go to, um, uh, what is it, to League of Comic Geeks to see if maybe that was one of the characters listed in the credits, but I haven't, I haven't checked that out yet. Yeah. I just assumed it was like, some agent working for Lynch, but okay. I didn't, I didn't mention could be. anyone. Could be. Yeah, that's that's the only part I was confused about. I was yeah. hoping you guys might be able to provide some insight, but I, I kind of feel relieved that I'm not the only one confused. No, yeah, I don't know who that is either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering he says Lynch, you miserable fuck, do you copy? I, I can only assume that it's somebody of note in the series, yeah. unless everybody that works for Lynch calls him a miserable fuck. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I remember, I feel like I saw somewhere that like they were, they had either teased the idea or they were going to include Holden Carver from sleeper in this series. And I was like, absolutely oh. not. Um, and there was a moment where I was like, maybe that's him, but I can't tell it's, it's the, the lighting in that particular panel is too dark. It's kind of hard to see. Like it yeah. looks like it could be him, but it also looks like it could be any IO agent. So it's not really specific. I like there's this blue kind of energy over him, yeah. but it, I, I'm not sure if that's energy or if that's just lighting from the night sky through yeah, the trees. You know, it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. I took it as light, but yeah, it's only coming from one direction, and you can kind of see the the lighter colors of the blue around it. I yeah. think it's light anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does look that way, just light poking through the trees. Uh wait. Oh hang on. Hang on to what? Oh when's one 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 minute. Okay, no no no. I was gonna say what if it's uh Marlo? Because it's gotta be somebody short to be Caitlin sized. Yeah. Oh yeah it could be. Maybe it maybe it is Marlo. Like the hair looks a little more brown rather than gray, but yeah. maybe it could be Marlo. Who knows? I think I think I you're think probably you right. right. Size wise, that's yeah. Makes no sense. I was oh, just I thinking about that. Like, 
like it, this this person almost looks like a full grown adult. How does that make sense if Caitlyn's supposed to be short? <laughs> but yeah, then I thought about it. They do have a short person on the team, so yeah, that's okay. So it's Marlo. That makes more sense now. Uh, but although ultimately though, art's fantastic. Story's very interesting. That panel with the void, holy hell, yeah. that looks freaking awesome. Uh, especially with the red eyes behind her. Uh, this this has been a heck of a book. I I'm sad to see it go next issue, but at least we know the characters are not gone. Yeah, yeah, they're around somewhere. Yeah, we at least have Xana for a little bit in uh, Birds of Prey. So oh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I hope we have more Grifter eventually too. Um, well, I'm sure we will. Definitely. I I'll give this an eight point five. Solid issue. Solid story. Uh, like I said, the art's fantastic. You got three different artists. You can tell, excuse me, the differences between the the, the parts, uh, the pages, <laughs> but none of them really look and none really look better than another. If that makes sense, right? Yeah, they all complement the story really well. Uh, yeah, eight point five, solid book. Yeah, this was uh, probably my favorite one in a little while. Um, we just kind of been jumping around with Grifter for a while and trying to figure out what's going on with the takeover of Halo. But this one didn't necessarily slow things down, but just kind of brought it to a head, which was like, okay, clear goal in sight. We're bringing down Halo in the next issue. Like, cool. Um, and then also just like nice character moments and everything. So, yeah, this was, this was just a really solid issue. And I hope the conclusion kind of brings it to a nice uh, end. So yeah, eight uh, eight point five out of ten for me. For sure, this right is on. the penultimate issue done right. It's it's freaking gorgeous all the way through, um, except for the, the the switch in the art on the pages when they were in Roy's apartment. That was just a little bit off because it was such a different kind of art. But um, I mean, geez, the the void is back, or at least one of them is. Um, Lines are getting blurred and defined at the same time. My biggest question is, what will the Wildcats look like and who's going to be a member after this? And is, is Batman going to be cool by the end of the next issue? Well, we very nearly have like a classic Wildcats. We're only missing, you know, Maul and, uh, and Warblade. But they have like the original Spartan, John Colt. They have Voodoo finally in her classic ish costume right um obviously grifter and uh and zealot um so it's like you're almost there two more characters and you'd, you'd have like the classic 90s wildcats team that would be cool and it would be cool to see more being done with it um until until then like I'm, I'm talking like the damn series is all already over with because I'm so heartbroken that it, 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 I've got one more issue left. But I'm happy to see Cole and Z together and the rest of the world on fire. That is a perfect <laughs> book. I fucking love it. Nine out of ten. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we're going on to Doom Patrol number six, brought to us by Josh. Fuck to you by Josh. Written by Dennis Culver. Art by Chris Burnham. Brian Reber on colors both inside and out. They did that art. And lettering from Pat Bazzo. Uh, get ready, Flex Force. 
That's how the book starts out. <laughs> We've got Starbro, Squonk, Silo Simon, Roxy Centaur, Centaur, don't call her Roxy. Animal Vegetable Mineral Girl, don't call her that, just call her AVM. And anyway, they're going through their very first ultimate test, playing Capture the Flag against the Doom Patrol. Wait, Josh, we're, we're, we're supposed to be reading Doom Patrol, not Broforce. <laughs> Bro <Yeah>. Broforce! <laughs> Broforce! <laughs> <laughs> well, they're playing Capture the Flag, and of course, that's when they get attacked by a bunch of men. Attacked. Um, the baddies are kind of winning, and that's when we find out from Kipling, who just showed up, that someone is trying to exhume Dorothy. Uh-oh. Of course, it is General Immortus with Hungan and Monsieur Mala trying, of course, to give the general eternal life. He drinks a resin, which is apparently also a wax. His face, his face starts melting, he falls into a grave, and he comes back out as a Black Lantern. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there is something that, that's very similar in that look there. Um, anyway, he calls himself the Eternal Flame, and that is how we wrap the book. Next up, Stoppable. You know, like the opposite of Unstoppable, like the Doom Patrol. Yeah. Anyway, this book is insane, but it is everything it should be, and I can't help but gobble it up like thanksgiving leftovers yum nom 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 both star story art and colors it's such a good time what else can you say about a doom patrol book it's an it's an eight out of ten agreed it's it's a very quick read but that's not a detraction from the book itself the the art is still really good uh the story is very interesting you get um this, this is the penultimate one again right mm-hmm. yes yeah God, so many penultimate issues this week oh. um you get a nice little uh look back at all the characters you met along the way for this little series really was the friends we met along the way yeah <laughs> oh my god it all comes it together all makes sense unstoppable <laughs> doom troll was the friends we met made along the way exactly Don't we've got that worm that is still a bad guy are they I mean, like is that even yeah i don't, I don't think that's who who even was the the team was that part of waller's team yeah it was like he was an agent of uh of peacemaker and waller's team up or where that that general guy i forget his name um but they'd send him in as like a secret agent and then the kid went off and died but the worm was still there presumably still acting as an agent and he um, yeah and, the, and the they worm just they was kind of followed that yeah the kid i don't was, know was forced to go along with it yeah yeah I'm sorry, what are you playing? I'm so distracted right now. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get to, so the, the Blue Lantern Kyle came uh, with these okay. fire fists that you get with uh, parallax as well. I'm trying to get them to fit on his hands, but they don't fit and I don't know why. Uh, it's it's really annoying. That's frustrating. Because I wanted so to just I want a new pose because I haven't really I've just had him holding the lantern for like yeah. six months and I want something different. <laughs> but it won't fit. What's even more frustrating, the one I did just having fit won't fit now, and I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, no. Why? Figure it out. You got to be careful, Figure though. I, I had... Um, oh, there we go. How did I do that? I, I had the bow for Ollie, and I was bending it back too much. Oh, no. Wait, actually, I think I have it. It snapped. 
I couldn't believe it. It's it like snapped clean in half. So now I just have a, a, a Ollie is is sat next to Batman and Kyle, and he's just going like this for no reason. No no. <laughs> That's weird. That sucks. Yeah. Need to get a boat. Most un, most unfortunate. Look at this. Snapped clean in half. Oh wow! wow. So I, I would need like I don't know maybe some hot glue or something. Yeah, yeah. It. Hot glue. There you go. <sighs> oh well, you gotta be careful. If you do it well, yeah, I mean it'll give it a little bit more flexibility so that draw won't break again. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I could suggest some glues for you. That that would actually be very nice. All right, uh, I'll do my research. <laughs> All right, and while you guys are being heroes in the rebuild a, a action figure universe, how about <laughs> I take on the action comics? Ooh. Ooh. Number 1057, written by yeah. Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Rafa Sandoval, Matt Herms coloring, and letters from Dave Sharp, all wrapped in a Steve Beach cover. Starts out with Superman having lunch with an iron worker at the top of a skyscraper with some birds. Next, we're at the Daily Planet, and I—I uh, I th I thought I was doing this one, but I guess not. Take it away. <laughs> oh, well, I'll, I'll take the vacation. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if you're okay with it, Josh. Yeah, you're, you're already, you already started. Yeah. Sorry, I already started it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> next, we're at the Daily Planet. Clark's all done with his lunch, and out yeah. of nowhere, the leader of the Blue Earthers is wanting to do an exclusive interview with Clark immediately and are headed there right now. So Clark's doing the interviewing, and the leader of the Blue Earth movement is Nora Stone, an older teenager with a pretty cool-looking br bracelet with a green rock in the middle. Um, Superman doesn't get affected by it, though, so it's obviously not kryptonite. Um, no. so they do the interview things get a little pointed seems Nora has a rather loose definition of the word murder and then after uh, Clark is on his way home and gets into this elevator with the silver haired dude in a business suit door closes dude starts emitting green stuff again not kryptonite I think it's magic and it's Could messing be. up Clark oh maybe yeah the guy is taunting Clark about being weak, being powerless. Because he's not—he's not, he's not uh, susceptible to kryptonite anymore. They kind of—it was that was in the Action Ten Fifty story, right? Oh, or am I misremembering? Uh no, you're not misremembering. That—that's a actually a good point. I don't. Yeah, because I think it, when he fought Luther in that issue, like I think Luther. Had, blasted him or no i don't i i could be missed i have to go through that again he, he definitely like, blasted him i don't know yeah. if it was kryptonite though because I, I remember he sent him away and then he had yeah. like a basically like a boom tube power um yeah i don't remember if he was immune to kryptonite so i, I think i think what was happening there at least what what i remember from what i took with it was luther blasted him with the a force that previously would have been able to just like almost knock out superman but then mm -hmm. he just shrugged it off like it was nothing because he's yeah. stronger now thanks to uh the godlike power from that guy yeah, whose name the, i don't remember uh genesis fragment or yeah genesis, genesis all that stuff yeah yeah or, no it was 
I guess old though the power the power of Olgrim. Yes. Yeah, well, it was like it was. they yeah. put they had like the Genesis generator that they put in the Star Forges or something like that, and then they this was in the War World special, I think. Um, yeah. And then that basically boosted all of the Felosian and also Clark's powers. Yeah. Yep. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, oh yeah, because the Olgrim so. power is only in yeah, yeah, because the fire Olgrim is yeah, is only in Otho Othara. Mm -hmm. Well, or is it Othor? I always get them confused. Power of or not, he doesn't have any powers anymore. That green stuff seems to have sucked all of Clark's powers out of him, new and improved ones as well. I was uh, I was thinking that too, but at the same time, yeah. the guy flies him through a building and then drops him into it. Yeah, and I he feel was like fine. He's, he's still got some powers. <laughs> he he he's uh, able to. He was still conscious. Stuff, guys. Yeah. Um, the the way that it's written, uh, I I think that that's what we're looking at. The guy yeah. sapped his powers, and and Superman ain't quite so super. And I think the the next up, uh, box. Spoils it for us where it says man. Oh yeah, the the guy. Well, takes it, it could also be because I mean, obviously, like this guy's maybe revealed his hand and that he knows Clark's secret identity as Superman. But it could also be that Clark is trying to maintain that illusion yeah. and is going to fight him, fight him as Clark Kent, so as not to reveal that he's actually Superman. Which that would be well, a, a dope ass story. See, yeah, I was, I, I was. Because that, that was how I, when I saw that caption, I was like, oh, he's just, he's going to be like, oh, well, I can't, you know, he's he's making threats towards Clark Kent, but he hasn't revealed yet that he knows that I'm Superman, so I'm going to have to try and take him down as Clark Kent. Which I think yeah. Cool. Uh, and, I mean, the guy, well, okay, I mean, potentially. I guess we'll, we'll just have to sit back and, and, and wait and see. Yeah. You know, the, the, I, from, from the next up, and then the way that he was talking about how, how does it feel to be weak? How does it feel to be powerless? I feel like maybe that's a good indication that he is Clark powerless. Be a little bit powerless. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, the next. So I think that Clark is is powerless or at least nearly so. And I think that that whole thing where the guy says, I'm going to show the people what happens when you put your faith in monsters. He's going to go around as superman and kill a bunch of people god i hope not yeah that would be unfortunate but uh it's awesome i'll tell you that much and it's fucking awesome to look at a hundred percent yeah um, i don't know I, I i gave it an 8.5 it, it was really good it's a um a little short on the blue earther info more than or less than i was hoping for Really, yeah. I feel like we we got a lot actually. I was, I was well. I, I once you finish your thoughts, I can kind of give mine. But uh, I was just, I, I feel like we've heard about them for so long, um, and that it, everything that we were told in the interview with his human lie detector stuff was all stuff that we already knew. You know what I mean? Maybe so I, I don't know. Like to, to a anything. certain degree, like yeah. there, there, it was there. We, there was there was a bit at the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we knew we knew that the you know the Blue Earth movement was kind of anti, you know, apocalypse or not apocalypse war world refugees. Yeah. Um, but I think it 
the issue did a pretty good job of just kind of going in depth on Nora's personal beliefs, but also the movement's beliefs as well. That's why I was, again, I, I don't want to step over uh, your opinion, but I, I really, the whole Sounds interview like sequence. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can stop. You could just say, oh, let me finish. Um, but, uh, well, yeah, I mean, you, you, should, you should finish up first. I'll give, I'll give my thoughts in a, in a brief second. All right. Um, in the second part, uh, or did you got you guys? I guess we've already talked about the first part, huh? I, I there's there's one thing I want to mention, but we can do it after. Okay. Um, second part, written by Dan Jurgens, Art Lee Weeks, color Elizabeth Breitweiser, Rob Lee Letters, uh, Home Again, Part Seven. Damn, it just doesn't seem like we've had seven parts of this story. No, it really doesn't. So Lois is outside looking up at the stars, thinking about her husband and son, while they're busy thinking about survival. Clark finds John, who's barely got anything left in him after having all the air sucked out of the room. Uh, Clark knocks a hole in the wall and fixes that. Gets his breath back, and off they go after Gliana. They stop her, and John yells at her for lying to him. <laughs> um, and her response to that is commanding the Kilomex to kill all of the civilians, diverting Superman and Son in their uh, scolding of her and saving of peoples. So then we cut back at the farm. Lois is still outside, and Doombreaker's stasis becomes not quite so static uh he gets out and runs straight for lois and then poofs into thin air it looks a little gliana ish uh the poof does and <coughs> where does doombreaker poof to into gliana's escaping ship that's where so it looks like uh it looks like this story will be definitely continuing we get a wrap up here though with clark and john coming home to a happy lois Good story, good art. That part got a 7.5. And um, the, the part three is really summed up really, really quickly. Um, Connor and Magan are a couple. That's great. I think it's awesome. Fucking rocks. Connor's going through some stuff about all he sees in Clark in him. Is Clark in him? I feel like we've been there before. Um, he dyes his hair, gets into a fight with Magan, uh, ignores Ma Kent. Uh, seems like Connor's got some stuff going on, and I can't imagine what it is. Uh, looks good finding out, though. I gave that part a 7 out of 10, so I gave the whole book an 8. Teenage angst and identity crisis, which was already kind of worked through in Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow. Yeah. And this is already canon yeah, to have 90s. taken place after that. <laughs> so he literally just got back and apparently, I don't know, is having apparently a bad that's day not or good something. But I like the dye job. The, the hair looks cool. Does it, though? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, Brandon. Uh, Brandon's with me. Yeah, I, I don't know. The die job. It's, uh, yeah, the, it's, the, it's, the... it's certainly a choice. Um, <laughs> the partial, uh, I don't think it works on him. That partial yeah. die job, it just doesn't look good on him. Uh, like, uh, like 
give him it changes hair. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Slick his hair back or something. I don't fucking. I'd know. rather him have like the the two thousands buzz cut than this. Like this, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This is uh, rough. Yeah, a little, a little rough. Um, <laughs> Rob, liked and, and, it, though. yeah. I, Rob, did you uh, did you give your scores? Uh, not yet. Um. I, I, I didn't score him separately, but like uh, whole issue, I gave eight point seven five. I liked it all around because you liked it. Yes, I gave this issue eight point five. It would have been eight point seven five, uh, but the Superboy backup was was interesting. Yeah, um, I mean that's I, the same reason why it didn't get a nine for me. Yeah, um, the uh, I I think it's called the. What is it like the? Oh my God, how am I forgetting the name? Of it's what? not. Um, no, the the Dan Jurgen <laughs> story. Um, uh, so no. they were calling it. Yeah, well, they were calling the it like Home Again. Home Again. No, not not Home Again. Um, this story. Well, yeah, well, it's like what was what was the story? Why am I forgetting? It was it Lois and Clark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lois. Yeah, Clark, Clark, and Lois. Yeah. Home Again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was just. I was trying to. Anyway, that story was was just a nice way to end it. I don't know if they're going to do more of these flashback type stories, but it's fun. Probably with Doombreaker going yeah. off with Gliana, I can almost certainly tell you that I I hundred percent believe Dan Jurgens has that whole story yes. in his back fucking pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering like how. How much space do they have to go? Because at, at a certain point, they have to get to Bendis's Man of Steel. They didn't really specify how much time happened between the end of the Tomasi run and that run, but like I would say camp, in the neighborhood it wasn't like five years. more backups. Yeah, I, I I mean it's definitely doable, <laughs> but you know. Anyway, um, it, it was just a fun way to bring it to a close. Um, the Superboy story was was certainly a choice that's really all i have to say <laughs> about that um I, I don't really have much more to say i don't know why connor and mcgann are just a couple now unless they wanted to who cares kind of tie in with the young justice show because young justice yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah but, yeah, but there's like those are different characters i don't care um and and like honestly, <laughs> I, well, I'm just like I don't know. I just he is a much One of better my favorite DC couples, man. Yeah, but he has a much better romantic chemistry, I think, with Cassie. Tim Drake. So, oh yeah, Cassie. So, well, also Tim. <laughs> I would Cassie. say Cassie, or even like uh, if you should have some shit going on, she should be tied up in Amazon stuff right now. Yeah, which is a perfect time to reach out to her old flame Connor and get some solace. But whatever. Um, anyway, yeah, was, neck, I don't know. neck deep in swords and gods. I need a boyfriend. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know. It was everything. It was just like weirdly angsty. It felt like a story for 2005. I don't know why yeah. it was here, but yeah, no, it yeah. did. It felt like 90s Connor. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it felt more like like Jeff Johns Connor, because 90s Connor was like, I don't give a fuck about anything. Yeah. This yeah. one's all like. I don't fit in Smallville, and I hate it here. And it's like, bro, nobody bro, you've been in Smallville me. for a while now. I mean, I know this is 
post reboot and all, but like, no, come on, man. No, no, what are you complaining yeah. about? I don't know. It just felt so weird. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. I I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. Um, what I'll say about the Dan Jurgens one, I I was taking it as, and and this is me just piecing some stuff together. I don't think uh, this. Um, uh, what am I got a breadcrumb? I guess I'll call it that Dan Jurgens left with Gliana. I don't think that's going to pick up again in the same time frame, mm-hmm. same time period. There's not going to be a Clark and Lois three because yeah. Doombreaker obviously tied into Doomsday, um, and they've got some Doomsday stuff coming up soon, as was heavily teased in that Action Comics special. Right. So it could be uh, Doomsday and Doombreaker going to have some kind of connection and Gliana is going to be involved. Oh, and she's no. going to say, wait, you were that kid I kidnapped. Why are you so like, old, much oh, older and yeah, handsome? Like, <laughs> yeah. Brown chicken, yeah. brown cow. Yeah. No. Um... <laughs> that would make you feel weird. Yeah, that that would be a little awkward. Uh, and finally, in the main story, I got to double check again. I read it today, but I know I, I double backed on it. I like, triple checked it. Now I'm second guessing myself. The last lie that Clark noticed out of what's her name with the Blue Earth Society, Nora Stone. Nora Stone uh, definitely hinted at the fact that she is also an alien. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Yeah, well, there there were a couple of lines that I think kind of suggested <laughs> that Nora is maybe not all she's presenting herself to be. Yeah, and it also her associate with the green yeah energy also said, you're the reason we came here. And look, if we're insinuating gonna... to this planet. Yeah. Kind of a sidetrack thing, but if we're going to talk about Nora Stone, can we talk about how they could have literally named her anything else? We already have a Nora. We've already got stones. I Why mean, does DC do that? I don't know. It's just a normal name. <laughs> because she's a stone doesn't necessarily mean she's related to like Victor well, Stone. No. Also, she's but not I mean, black, so like there's a million. But which which Nora are you talking about? Nora Winters. Nora Spider Man. <laughs> Nora Freeze, which is spelled Nora differently. Freeze, yeah. Nora Fries. Nora Fries. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like a very uh, regular very name. Cool. I don't. I don't see the problem there. I mean, and also there's the idea like if Nora if fries, she's it's a Nora thing fries. you guys will love it. Yeah. It's a three issue mini where she goes on a love affair with uh with a, a icicle. No, um, Captain oh, Cold. Damn it! Heat heat wave. Heat wave. Ah <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I get it. Nora fries. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was the next big thing of like McCain fries. Oh. <laughs> it's the next next brand of frozen fries, Nora mm. fries. Um, yeah. Where the fuck were we? What were we talking? About? <laughs> uh, no, with, with Nora Stone though, if she is an alien, obviously it's not going to be her real name. She'll just come to Earth and be like, yeah. Uh, just have like one of those Peter Griffin moments where he's like, uh, P tier griffin yeah yeah (laughs) good enough yeah yeah something like that yeah yeah uh i guess that's it we'll see 
yeah, that's it for now. Uh, you, got, you guys got a top three and a favorite moment if you have one? Um, well, you stole my favorite moment. <laughs> I could have another. You don't know. Okay, well, that, that, that one is I, like... I don't, but... <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um... <laughs> Uh, that's that's fair though. That that's that's easily a, that's a great moment. That's easily a favorite moment. So yeah. then I'm gonna say my next favorite moment was the opening of Doom Patrol, where the uh, what what the hell does he say? Go Force the, uh, Force. Flex Force. Yeah. yeah. That, was <laughs> that was funny. And then uh, my top three, my top three are going to be Action Comics got third, Spirit World took number two, and then number one went Wildcats. I'll say mine are the exact same, but I'll probably put Wildcats above Spirit World. Nice. Uh, I had Wildcats at three, Detective at two, and Action at number one. Favorite moment was was obvious the moment i read it straight out of action was just uh that scene with superman and the uh, construction worker he's checking on because like so simple it's so effective like even in the midst of everything that's going on with blue earth and war world the fact that he still takes the time to just check in with the people that he's promised to check in with is like oh it's perfect which our moment that that reminds me the so my my secondary favorite moments if if you want to take the the lady tron one josh uh mm-hmm. was actually right after that mm-hmm. uh and it was a whole sequence of events starting with lois like uh smallville i need you here fast mm-hmm. not wally fast like very fast <laughs> <laughs> which was great yeah. but then that leads into him <laughs> flying off and you had the panels surrounded by like film and yeah. it looks like okay this is like a cinematic and in, uh intro no it's really to, cool yeah it was really cool and and like showing him just flying through the city at super speed saving a kid and then like flying into a taxi and coming out the other side as clark kent yeah. it was like that's brilliant i love oh, that yeah. that is like classic super great great storytelling yeah yeah um, also johnson very much showing his uh speedster bias yeah <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't even wouldn't even call it a bias. Wally is definitely faster than Barry. <laughs> They've established this, but you still have some holders out who are like, "No, Barry's obviously the fastest because he created the Speed Force or whatever." That's, he didn't create. The he force, didn't. So. He was he was just the first conduit on Earth Zero. There, there's like this. Actually, there's like yeah, there's like this line <laughs> from from F, the Flash Rebirth from 2009 that people love to cite, where it's like Barry becomes. The lightning bolt that gives yeah. him powers, and which you know, cool, like cool callback and whatnot. But yeah, the lightning bolt still is not the speed force. It's just what gave him access to it. Exactly. Yeah, he's a conduit. Yeah. He's not the primordial force of nature. Also, <laughs> even if he was the scientist from Middle America, yeah, even if he was the person who created it, like we all know who the master of the speed force is max mercury obviously yes obviously yes, runner up we get to talk about him in, in the bonus show yeah, yeah perfect we do. into yeah. what will be our next book exactly yeah well, spoilers, I guess, I guess <laughs> spoilers. That's it. Yeah. literally starting with max 
All right, then. That's the show. We are getting out of here, so you have to as well. Be careful out there. And remember, in the Geek Matrix, everybody has a home. In the Geek Matrix, you are not alone.